0: Welcome to Library Media Chatter, the podcast that may have finally fixed my audio issues. <laughs> Sounding hopefully uh, clear and unmuffled, I am Dan, and with me as always
1: is Greg. Greg, it's great to see you this week. Mark, it is good. Show, we, whatever we call this. We are seeing each other over Zoom, that's right. Did you check that you're you have the right microphone? I've checked it four or five times. I wanted and, people to know that we made a note.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is maybe the only bit of script that we followed this week was double checking the microphone. That's right. And I'm still not 100% sure. We're just hoping for the best. Yeah. Well, you're crystal clear over here. I appreciate it. Yeah. I don't sound great to me, but that's just a normal thing. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Coming up later, Greg will give us his top 35 YA lit themed Halloween costumes. But
1: first, oh my God. I need to know, Greg. What are you reading? I am reading The Hourglass Throne by K.D. Edwards. Um this is the third book in a series, it's an urban fantasy series and it is <clears throat> has a gay protagonist which is not still not super common especially in like uh, that kind of genre fiction. And it's really it's a really good series. The first book is I think called The Last Sun. There's some swearing, but there's no on-the-page sexual content. It's like... Um, it's a fun setting. It's a fun magic system. I think it would be a great series to have in a library for high school. Like, I think it would be completely appropriate and fill a good niche in a high school. It's three books out of nine that he has Ooh. proposed. Yeah, so it's, like, gonna be one of those really long series. Yeah, But um, each book is, I think, satisfying on its own. So... um I, I would recommend at least stocking the first one if you have. I mean, I think everybody has <laughs> kids who love <laughs> fantasy in a high school library. So, yeah. And are they
0: super long, nine books potentially? Or are they. These are
1: not like George R. R. Martin okay, door ahead. stoppers. They're yeah, like,
0: yeah. I would say, three to 400 pages,
1: you know? so okay. So, yeah. like
0: typical. What we're getting with YA fantasy, yes. not yeah, yeah, but this is my opus, and every right. book has to be nine hundred. No,
1: no, and in, and they're very fast paced, and they're um <clears throat> they're funny. Yeah, highly recommended. Very cool. Yeah. What about you? What are you reading? Um, I just
0: finished reading the Paper Girls series uh, by Brian K. Vaughan, illustrated by Cliff Chang. It was recently made into, I want to say, a Netflix show, but it might be Amazon or one of the other million streamers. Mm -hmm. I was totally unaware of it. I've not watched the show, if you couldn't tell from my inability to pinpoint where you could watch it. But I heard about it on a podcast that I enjoy and thought, okay, well, I'll give it a shot and see what's going on. It's a 30-issue comic series that you can buy in sets of five, Sets of ten, or I think they just released like a big compendium one that has all thirty uh, in one binding. Oh, uh, cool! It's four girls in. Oh, the, <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna set the stage, but then I wanted to make sure I kind of clarified. The very beginning of the story is four. I believe they're twelve-year-old girls who are on their paper route. In 1988 or wait, 89. I think I
1: just saw this. Okay. I mean, I think I just saw the book. Okay. Um, okay, keep going. Sorry. I so that just struck him out. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. So they're yeah. they're on their paper route on November 1st, and they call that I want to say they call it Hell Day or something like that, because everybody's still out from Halloween and people are vandalizing and they get harassed and stuff. And so these four girls kind of team up, including this brand new paper girl to the, the area. And then I don't really know how to describe <laughs> what takes uh-huh. place after that because it deals with time travel and people from the f- two different factions from the future kind mm-hmm. of warring mm-hmm. over whether or not you should manipulate the timeline so that mm-hmm. it can be great for everybody. Or if you should not allow that because, you know, if I had to live through a bad thing, I you should live through a bad thing mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh, really entertaining Really well done, brian k Vaughn is a really interesting comics writer. He did or is is doing i guess they just came back last year uh with saga uh restarting, which I would not get for a school uh mm. but paper girls, you totally can. there's a little bit of language here or there, but not really anything that should cause issues it's just it's just really well made, yeah and it's neat to see like young female protagonists going through this journey, sometimes together, sometimes not. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's very original, very cool.
1: That's awesome. That's a, I I do remember seeing this now and remember being intrigued just by the premise of the starting place that, you know, and so, um, I'm glad to hear that it kind of lives up to that.
0: Yeah, it was, it was very, very pleased. Nice. All right, so that's what we're reading, and that brings us to our first commercial break. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by the Dewey Decimal Number 001.9, which means it's time for the favorite game of vampires and werewolves, but not <laughs> swearwolves. Swear. Do we know our Dewey? I'm going to name books with call numbers that start 001.9, and Greg is going to guess what that section is all about. Highlights from this Dewey number include A History of Ambition in 50 Hoaxes by Gail Eaton, The Mysteries, Legends and Unexplained Phenomena series edited by Rosemary Ellen Geely, The Bermuda Triangle by Aaron Rudolph, and The Field Guide to Lake Monsters, Sea Serpents and Other Mystery Denizens of the Deep by Lauren Coleman and Patrick Huey just guessing on that one
1: yeah that you that was a swing that's a yeah greg what is the theme of this section this is hard um in that title in one of the titles there was unexplained phenomena and i that's like what i want to lean towards is like something about uh I'm just gonna go for it. I'm just gonna say zero zero one point nine is unexplained phenomena. I think
0: that we will actually one hundred percent accept. Yes, uh, it's a with the when you get to the point nines, it's hard to find very specific <laughs> language. Uh, but uh, what I saw in a lot of places was mysteries, unexplained phenomena, unexplained whatever's. Got it. Um, we've got a ton of these books.
1: Interesting.
0: In uh, one of the libraries I work in, the other one has fewer. Well, it really caught my eye. So you've got, like, the hoaxes or um, sometimes you get things like uh, cult stuff or okay. conspiracy theories. And then you've got all these things about vampires and werewolves and uh, Loch Ness Monster yeah. and whatever. And it's right next to uh, both buildings that work in. have a book called Girl Code, which is about female coders.
1: Yeah, that's... I'm like. So I was just ordering... I was trying to order books in the zeros, how do you say? Zero, zero hundreds. Zero hundreds. Yeah. Yes. And um, yeah, it's a, I, I was buying a fair amount of the coding tech stuff. Yep. The um, I, I feel like there's also a fair amount about kind of false information or yes. misinformation. Yep. And then there's this stuff. And I actually put a fair number, amount of this stuff on my list too, because I was thinking, well, what are my kids going to read? Yeah. You know, there's only so many kids that will read a book about coding, you know? Yes. Oh, yeah, for sure. So um, I was trying to figure out what I could get, you know, to kind of fill out that section. So, yeah, th- I, this is it's I'm glad you picked this one because I it was fresh in my mind. Well, it's that
0: time of year. We're in October. It's Halloween Yeah. yeah. when all the unexplained things happen. And I didn't <laughs> even think about it. Do we just knew? that I was oh, going yeah, to be Dewey, doing we, paper you. girls is my, what are we do? What are we reading? because <laughs> right. That starts on Halloween. It's a whole thing going here, Greg, Whoa. but I didn't plan. Whoa. But talk about unexplained phenomena.
1: <laughs> the hand from beyond the grave of yeah. Dewey. Just...
0: <laughs> that guy knew. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. Dewey number zero zero one point nine
1: for sponsoring <laughs> this episode. <laughs> And uh, now it's time for the second favorite s- section of vampires and werewolves. This is, that's a little ad lib for our audience. You know, they didn't, that was unscripted. If you couldn't oh, tell. No, he nailed it. Uh, what are you doing? And we are going to throw this one to Dan. So Dan, what are you doing?
0: Um, I am currently reading a lot of graphic novels.
1: Mm, sounds familiar. <laughs> oh, <yeah.
0: laughs> for a couple of reasons. Uh, number one. We talked about this in the last episode. Greg and I were talking about this off mic or really on mic because we're over Zoom, but not being recorded uh, Mm -hmm. with the uh, Senate bill and how that's affecting everything. And I realized that two times now within the last calendar year or so um, I've had as the what are you doing? I'm reading books that I'm pretty sure are going to get challenged or trying to make sure that they're not going to get challenged. Uh, This time is this time it's graphic novels and not just random other novels that may pop up. Uh, The other reason that I'm reading graphic novels right now is I was excited to see, and I'm sure uh, our loyal listenership is all over this Mm -hmm. in a way that neither of us were (laughs) uh, ahead of time on this. Mazel has three new initiatives coming up. uh, One of which was um, starting work toward the 2024, I believe when they'll release the first group of nominees for the Denny O'Neill graphic mm-hmm. novel list. Um, so that was pretty exciting to see, especially in this time that we're going through right now and all of the yes, the garbage surrounding graphic novels Yes, for Maslow to come out and go, no, these things really matter and they can be uh, just as valid and wonderful and important as every other type of book. Mm-hmm. So much so we're going to give it its own award. So I'm trying to kind of bone up on those and get more... Uh, of knowledge of those categories and uh, I don't know if I'll know anything by the time this hits the airwaves but uh, I did apply to be a part of that particular uh, group for the initiative to see if I can kind of help shape that or if there's anything I can do uh, to to be a part of that first annual grouping of books so I'm reading a lot of graphic novels nice um, the other two Mazel initiatives that I thought were pretty neat. I was excited about uh, all three of them. I thought it's a really, that one obviously kind of hits me in the right spot. If you pay any attention to the books that I recommend, a lot of them have been graphic novels, probably
1: half that we've done have been graphic. (laughs) Let me jump in. So I was just gonna ask, so is that something you have read? Like, were you a graphic novel reader before? Like, do you read them for pleasure?
0: Sometime, probably five or six years into teaching English maybe a little earlier than that uh a friend of ours um mr benson ah, yes. had recommended a, a a comic series that i had read then kind of subsequently as these collections and it really works as a as a bunch of graphic novels kind of in this series and i went wow this is better than i remember superhero comics When I grew up, when I was growing up, I read like Spider-Man and that kind of stuff. Yeah. uh, And had totally gotten away from it. And he had pointed me to this non-superhero story. And that kind of got the wheels turning for what else is out there. Mm -hmm. And that's just kind of picked up steam over time. And yeah, that's become a more uh, commonplace bit of reading for me, especially in the last few years, now that I'm not reading uh, and grading essays, or I don't have to keep Rereading the same six novels every year to make sure mm-hmm. that I don't forget all of the fine plot points of The yeah. Great Gatsby or whatever. Well, the else. nuance
1: that the students bring to their yes, writing, I need to demands make sure, that yes. you, yeah, when
0: they question me on certain mi- bits of minutia, that yeah. I'm as aware as yeah. possible of those yeah. things. Yes, um, that yeah, that's really kind of picked up steam. In that's my like work.
1: the uh, student I had who really felt like we needed to dive into the wet nurse aspect of Romeo and Juliet. It really got to read those books every year yes. so that you can field the hardball questions yeah. like that.
0: Having, having really dug deep into Romeo and Juliet over the years, yeah. I can tell you that that was one aspect that I constantly brought up uh, as important <laughs> to understanding the plot and machinations <laughs> of that story. Uh, I believe that's what Shakespeare was going for. Real yeah, critique. it was really
1: kind of the original wet nurse fan fiction, if yes. you will. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
0: (laughs) That graphic novel initiative really kind of caught my eye. And then I noticed that there's two other ones that they're putting together a lesson plan database, which I think is a really cool thing. As somebody who, as a teacher, was always very excited to share ideas, like, hey, I found this really cool idea, or I came up with this lesson, I think it might work. Can I give it to other people? And Mm -hmm. you can try it, and you can tweak it, and we can kind of trade back and forth. I think that's really neat. That they're wanting to maybe put something like that together statewide because most librarians work uh, more so in a vacuum than mm. other content areas, right? That even if you're lucky enough to have a partner librarian in your building,
1: yeah,
0: it's two of you. And I think there's yeah. a lot of people in the state that are not that lucky. Right. So you are literally just by yourself. And especially at the middle school and elementary level, I don't know... Uh, I can't, I'm unaware of librarians who have partner librarians in their building at the middle and elementary level. It doesn't mean it doesn't happen.
1: I'm just not aware of it. I can't think of any either. I mean, I was thinking we are trying to do more of a district level high school PLC this year that yeah. we than we've done before. But even that is eight of us. Yeah. You know, and that's half the size of a regular department yeah. in, in a building, you yeah. know, I mean, it's uh, so I agree. There's a lot that there's a lot to be said for kind of that initiative and why yeah. it's valuable, how it'll be valuable. Yeah.
0: No, I thought so. I thought that was a really neat, a cool idea. And then the last one is a standards task force uh, that I was less excited by, mostly because after 13 years of teaching English, when I hear the word standards, my brain just <laughs> kind of shuts off and goes, eh, "No, I'm good. Uh, let's not worry about that right now." Uh, but certainly something uh, that is important to constantly be uh, reevaluating the library standards and making sure that we are uh, operating across the board on a high level so that we are taken as seriously as we can be taken. That it's not different from teaching any other content area uh, that we should be held to standards and we should be uh, looked at as professionals who are doing uh, real work in that direction. So the graphic novel thing kind of jumped at me from two angles, and then I went, oh, what are these other two? So I will not be applying to those other two, but uh, the graphic novel one certainly was Yeah, I there. think
1: that'd be a good good fit. I mean, I, yeah. I think in general, in general, kind of longitudinally, librarians have been pretty good at articulating their value. Yeah. And I think the standards will be another opportunity to do that. For and sure. hope, and so...
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's it, right? It's it's all. Yeah. <laughs> I hope yeah. that the world gets closer to normal soon. Yeah. I hope that these yeah. standards kind of help us in those directions.
1: Right.
0: So yeah, that's what I'm doing uh, right now. That's awesome. And we'll kind of see where that leads in the future.
1: Yeah.
0: All right, Greg. Let's get into it. Let's head to the reader's nook. Yeah. This month we are going to talk about a dogwood nominee and dogwoods uh introduced last year i think was the first year last school year was the first year for those right so i love we've had kind of gateways and trumans and mark twain's and those have been around a long time now we're getting a chance to expand again with the dogwoods and then with these denny O'Neills. so maybe in the future i'm going to force you to to do the denny O'Neills as a review segment oh and then in five or six years when they do uh books about uh naturalism as their own thing and walking through footpaths mm-hmm. and such. yeah you will be that'll be the greg bombs the bomb memorial yep memorial list. <laughs> yeah and we'll we'll be covering those maybe in 2027 20, yeah i can't imagine
1: i'm gonna make it much better <laughs> 2027 so
0: seems about right there yeah. you go uh so this month we are talking <laughs> about the book uh from a whisper to a rallying cry by paula Yu. I'm going to read a brief summary and then Greg's going to take all the rest of the talking (laughs) for the entirety of the episode.
1: As I love to do.
0: So, uh, From a Whisper to a Rallying Cry is an account of the 1982 murder of Vincent Chin and it shares insights into how a miscarriage of justice in the wake of a hate crime rallied the Asian American community throughout a groundbreaking civil rights trial. Pretty much uh, lays the bare bones like what is the the basics of this story, Greg, what are your thoughts on this one?
1: Yeah, I would say, um probably one of the best researched and written nonfiction it's not really true crime, but it kind of is um, sure. it's kind of like true crime through the lens of a social history or something like that um that I've read in a long time why a or not. I thought it was really, really well done um the notes are really good at the end um the kind of writing is thoughtful um the research throughout is impeccable and it's just such a compelling horrifying story yeah um that is as the author points out you know in the conclusion still like we're still living with <laughs> things like uh i mean anti-asian sentiment you know yeah. as we saw with the Asian hate, you know, that followed the coronavirus, the kind of waves of public attacks that it just seemed unreal to yeah. be seeing in 2020. I mean, I just so, yeah, I I thought it was, it was fantastic. I do think that it is the print quality. Even the paper is really good because of all the photos. It's well, yeah. it's a well-produced book. It's heavy. Yeah, I was going to say I, that book weighed about 25 pounds yeah, and it was not- I think that Go long ahead. no and i think it's a that might be a little intimidating sure. to students because yes. it's so like solid substantial yes. and it is a longer and it is a more complicated text but i think it would be fantastic to have no either no matter sure. what in your library but also to kind of help teachers use in portions yes right because i think um it's it's just so well done yeah no i think that's it what about you Very well what do you think about this one
0: so, when you were talking, it made me think of other books this year and last year uh, in the Dogwoods. Um, Race Against Time was one this year. And there was one last year about the Scottsboro Boys. Oh, that we've gotten no. a few. And there might be one more, and I'm just not thinking of it, but at least three, including uh, From a Whisper, that are looks at historical trials that were kind of major moments in uh, civil rights, Mm -hmm. but also really interesting looks at how slowly the justice system works and how, when it's kind of, this is what it's aimed to do. And when you're trying to kind of just focus that aim in a slightly different direction, or you're trying to, to move things in some way that yes, in the end, Possibly you're saying that justice is served or justice is, is achieved or whatever you want to mm-hmm. say. But man, when you get into the real story and you find out how many years and yeah. how many trials yeah. and how long these things go before we get to the point where you're like, yeah, but the Scotsboro boys were let off. Right. They're like, right. They, they were not event. They were not all put to death. Like they were originally going to be like, you just wait a minute, what it took yeah. how long to get there though? And yeah, so to work with teachers and to point them to these books to go, so here's some things yeah. uh, that might be interesting. Again, exactly what you said. Don't use the entirety of the book. Uh, it's a it's a long one for sure. Yeah. Or that kind of thing. You wouldn't need the entire book, but what a cool thing, I think, that we're getting more of these stories and seeing yes. more of these being told. Yes. Um, and not just here's another story about Japanese internment or here, because we've ad, yeah. we've admitted that that's bad right. and we feel bad about it. So we can publish a few more books on it, but no, here's right. another thing that's not that that is also bad in our history and that we should be looking at, we should be reckoning with. And as you said, right. we're still dealing with. Right. So how can we, I don't know. I thought it was very, it was very well done and I thought it was a good I, I guess it's always a good time to to have this information out, yeah, uh, and widely available. But
1: I guess I would just say, you know, the final chapter is kind of pretty straightforward in condemning President Trump, you know, former president Trump. and um which I loved, (laughs) but I, I mean, I do think that that should be not a consideration in your acquisition of this title, because I think you should have this title, but as you think about your colleagues who will, you will work with on this uh, you know, it's helpful to know that if you don't have time to read the whole book, because uh, I can imagine colleagues of mine who I would like to at least Explain, you know, yeah. here's what this book is about, and you might not agree with that part of it, but here's yeah. all the other important things that I hope we could use.
0: Yeah, it doesn't negate so. everything that comes right. before it in the right. historical telling of the book. Right.
1: So, yeah. and I mean, it, I think the author is quite right in that chapter, but <laughs> that's yeah. a separate issue.
0: Sure. So, yeah, I, I I don't really have anything else to to do with this one. I thought it was really well done,
1: and I think we're good to. Yeah, I, and just as you said, it's always it's it is nice to see these like kind of rigorously researched nonfiction books that are not about the same historical events.
0: We're getting these books on historical moments that had been ignored. Yeah. And I'm glad to see that that view is expanding and it's not just, well, here's this one and we'll, we're only okay talking about Tulsa or only okay talking about Japanese internment. We can expand the view and let's cover a lot of these. And even if you feel like, man, I kind of read a story like this, you go, yeah, that's kind of the point. Is that it wasn't <laughs> just one. Like this is not the Tulsa race massacre. Wasn't the only thing like that that happened. Right. There are tons. Right. And if every one of them gets five books published, that's probably not nearly enough. Right. Um. But yeah. let's get these books. I'm glad that these were being nominated. Uh. For sure. And this was yeah. yeah very much an area that I had not. I didn't have a lot of knowledge on.
1: So it was no cool same to, to get to read it. Mark, uh, my cool librarian Margaret was the one who introduced me to this before it was a dogwood. And she was just told me how much she loved it. And I was like, Oh man, you are right. That's a yeah. really good book. Yeah. So yeah. But Margaret does it yeah. again. She does. Margaret does it again. Yeah. yeah, she does. She's really great with that. Well, with so many things. Yeah.
0: So if you have thoughts on this book, whether you agree with Margaret or not uh, or anything <laughs> else we've talked about today, send us an email to library media chatter at com. We will be right back to wrap things up after this commercial break. this episode of library media chatter is brought to you by literature themed halloween costumes we don't have time for all of greg's top 35 (laughs) but we are going to give you a few of our favorites that you might want to try at school this year and a few that you probably definitely won't want to do (laughs) this year uh my first thought was why don't you try george or lenny from Mm -hmm. of mice and men it's an Mm -hmm. easy one
1: Mm -hmm. overalls
0: a plaid shirt Maybe a stuffed rabbit or dog, depending on which look you're going for, or how you physically resemble which character. Uh, super simple of mice and symbol.
1: And for the ladies, or for those who would prefer, uh, don't forget sausage curls and ostrich feather shoes. Yes, and uh, ostrich feathers in her hair and red mules. Red,
0: red mules! mules were the Are shoes. the
1: ostrich feathers not on the shoes?
0: No, the ostrich feathers, well, I think, were
1: in her hair. Listen. You, you, follow your heart if you're doing yeah. that costume. If you <laughs> right. want them on the shoes, put them on the shoes.
0: Th- that's a good point. You could, you, who knows what Curly's? We don't even know her name. We don't yeah. have to know everything. Sausage about curls and red mules. Yeah. yeah, that's those are the big things. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we'll just leave it at that. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, you could also go with whichever Hogwarts professor best fits your look or personality. We happen to know a particularly excellent Professor Trelawney. Yeah. Uh, so probably don't go for that
1: one. No, that's she even got a spotlight role in a school dance production. Yes.
0: Yeah, and uh, won a costume contest at Hell a yeah. local Harry Potter trivia night that yeah. Greg skipped out on.
1: And kind of like all those great stories, the greatest irony of all is the real Professor Trelawney was in the audience and came in yes. third. Yes. And so... <laughs> 100%. Yeah. Yes. Just like Charlie Chaplin. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> that happened. Yeah. Um, okay. A definite no is to go with any of the twilight vampires <laughs> um covering yourself in glitter paint like tobias <laughs> from arrested development is not a good idea in the school library oh. you're gonna get glitter on all the books i love it. and not to mention all the the problems with you walking around uh like a vampire
1: yeah great yeah. greg what what were you thinking well i had on here you know i love a, a, a meta literary yeah <laughs> joke so Uh, If you think about some metal literary costumes, you could dress yourself up as Scout from To Kill a Mockingbird, dressed as a ham, as Scout is dressed for the school Halloween. I love it. Is it Halloween play? What is she? I'm trying to remember now. It's um, it's a
0: Thanksgiving play, maybe? I feel like... Or is it in the springtime?
1: I don't know. I'm... I really fixated it on Halloween, so I'm going to... Yeah, gonna... it could, let's say it's a costume, so you would listen, do it for Halloween. Listen, re- listeners, readers, <laughs> whatever you are, chime in. Send us an email. Yeah. Uh, I also suggested another meta-literary would be to go as Romeo when he himself is in disguise to infiltrate the Capulet's party. I I love what that might
0: be to make it very clear that you're not just a yeah. person dressed in a mask. But yeah. how do I make it yeah. clear yeah, that you I don't d- belong at this Capulet party?
1: Have to steer the rocky waters of the Phantom <laughs> of the Opera because you yeah. could just go right into oh. Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. You don't want to be called yeah. out for that. Now, no. um, I also recommend build bridges with your community by hosting a book burning. <laughs> Invite attendees to dress up as firemen. To celebrate Ray Bradbury's dream of a world without books. Yeah. And fireman costumes are easy to find.
0: Yeah. So yeah. that one absolutely. shouldn't be hard. The book burning yeah. should be the hard
1: part. <laughs> yeah. I hope. You know, not as hard as it would have been. Yeah, probably not as hard yeah, as times it Times are changing. Been. Yeah. Man. <laughs> uh, and you can't go wrong with a classic hide inside a giant wooden horse on your neighbor's driveway. Hijinks will ensue. I love it.
0: Yeah. I absolutely love it. Um, the last I believe one, you had a warning. Yeah. Yeah.
1: The last one here is
0: really we don't have a lot of elementary content on this show. We realize that that's maybe a place that we're, it's a, it's a fault Weird our style, but
1: the content is yeah. no, very true.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, just as a warning for our elementary library uh, listeners, please don't dress as the naked mole rat. <laughs> uh, I feel like that's a real mistake. And it's not one that you want to have to find out on your own so if you have a fun mm-hmm. library Halloween costume we would love if you could send us a description or a picture of you and your your most exciting costume uh, to library media chatter at gmail.com the listeners who send in the best pictures will definitely be mentioned in a forthcoming episode and will receive a free uh a, Subscription to well, episode downloads for life. Damn, can we afford that? I, I don't know that we can, but it's okay. worth it. We We're gonna have to negotiate that much. Yeah, wow. we'll have to talk to Dewey about updates. Wow.
1: We're also gonna just be aware that if you send us anything, we will talk about you ad nauseum 100%. I mean, yeah,
0: yeah, send us those costumes. The weirder, the better. Uh, and we I... may talk about what our zone. Because oh, I am definitely sure. going to dress up in something because Halloween's uh, like a Monday or a Tuesday. So oh, be at school. I will definitely have something to report
1: back on. Welcome back to the podcast. We have just enough time for What's Next, where we highlight a new book we are excited about but have not yet read. And Dan, you're taking it this time.
0: Yeah, um, to really be on brand for this episode <laughs> uh, for me and like just me as a as a human, I am so excited to get to read The Comic Book Story of Professional Wrestling, a hardcore, high-flying, no-holds-barred history of the one true sport by Aubrey Sitterson and Chris Moreno. As far as I know, it's exactly what it sounds like, which means it's exactly the kind of book I need to read right now because it's a graphic novel, which I'm really digging at this point, uh, and it probably isn't something that people are going to lose their minds about it can just be something that i enjoy while i read
1: fantastic
0: and with that remember read responsibly use a bookmark